Hi, uh, welcome to the first episode of Original Character Do Not Steal. I'm Scout Shiro, and this is a podcast where I let other people tell me about their OCs. Um, so today, I guess since this is the first episode um, and kind of my pilot, I wanted to talk to the person in my life who, when I think about somebody who makes original characters, my friend Kat is kind of the first person I think of. I've known Kat for almost 10 years. Out of anybody I know, like, Kat's OCs first come to mind because Kat was really the first person I met who ever, like, made original characters. Hi, Kat. Yo, I wish you could see the face I made when I realized we've known each other over 10 years. Yeah, how wacky is that? (laughs) (laughs) Kat's one of my, um, my friends that I go to anime conventions with pretty much on the regular. We do a lot of cosplays together, and we are also in a Dungeons & Dragons campaign together. Kat is actually my dungeon master. I'm pretty familiar with quite a few of her characters. Yeah, you know a good chunk now, because I just use them for NPCs. Yeah, so like Kat has a character called Naomi, who's like our main NPC, and she's like a 14-year-old girl. She's really spunky, really sweet, but like is trying to navigate the world. And she's the one that I'm most familiar with. Today, I want to talk to you a little bit about one of your characters that I'm, I, I want to say, the least familiar with. And one of the universes I'm least familiar with. So, tell me about Jake. Oh, boy. Give me your elevator pitch. <laughs> oh, I'm not good at pitches with characters. Okay, you can do it. I believe in you. Um, I guess the long, long story short about Jake is he is a character that I... Okay, technically he started out as a fan fiction OC. And then I liked him. So around my freshman year of college... God, I'm old. I had heard about NaNoWriMo for the first time. And I had wanted to do it. And at that time... I had been binging the BBC Robin Hood series, and I'd always really liked Robin Hood lore. So I was like, oh, I'm going to make a Robin Hood story. Oh, I really like this one character from that fan fiction I wrote. So I, uh, Jake kind of morphed into this Robin Hood-inspired original character, and his story was very heavily inspired by Robin Hood. Uh, what does he look like? He is a scrawny, scrawny, scrawny boy. Um, he's kind of a runt, um, for, and skinny for various reasons. He's got really bright red hair. Like, you know, um, on a Robin, their breast is really red. Yeah. It's that distinct color. He's tan because he's always out in the sun. And he's got, uh, he's got, um, three distinct scars on his face, on his left cheek. That's, there are two going down and then one that crosses through them. Kind of like a hashtag, but minus one. A hashtag? Yeah. No, I really like that. That's like the easiest way for me to explain what it looks like. Yeah, he's got a big old pound symbol on his face. Yeah. In some universes, he doesn't have that scar. He has a Glasgow smile. But for the purposes of today, I figure I'll go with original OG Jake. Yeah, the Jake that I know um, in he's got both. the Pandora campaign and in the Dragons campaign has a Glasgow smile. He also has his, um, he has the hashtag um, scar too. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he has the hashtag scar, and then his Glasgow smile goes up into it. So the third line is the Glasgow smile. And how did he get that hashtag scar? Yeah, in his story, basically, it's a dystopian world. And if you break the law in the city that he ends up living in for a while, uh, it's called Elkshire. He's also British. I felt like I I forgot to mention that. 
in that city, Elkshire, um, if you break a law, no matter how small it is, you will receive, unless you get like someone that's going to let you slide, uh, a scar in your cheek. If you get three scars, that's three strikes, you're out. So you'll either be put to death or put in jail for the rest of your life. So uh, Jake got one of them by just a misunderstanding. Someone thought he stole something he had actually bought because he was kind of a street urchin and they didn't believe that he could afford something. Uh, another one he got because he got caught fighting someone. And then the third one, I think, yeah, the third one he got caught stealing or he, the second one was stealing, the third one was fighting. I forget exactly the timeline for that, but he ended up getting three. He's still around. Yes. What's that about? Uh, so he basically ended up getting into another fight with the guards of the city uh, to help. They were harassing his older sister. So he kind of got pissed off and they got into a fight and he was going to be sentenced to death. But his sister, Mary, kind of petitioned the lord of their city to uh, spare him and kind of exchanged her freedom for his. And he was banished from the city. So, but if he ever, he has gone into it since, just very careful. It's very distinctive. People can figure out where he's from just by looking at his cheek. And so he has a sister. Yes. He's he's a Robin Hood-like character. Mm-hmm. So who are his merry men? Right. So his merry men, uh, do you want to like know who they correspond with or? Yeah. Okay. So not all of them have corresponding like merry men exactly, uh, but I kind of tried at least for to have some sort of meaning for all of them. So his first merry man is um, his kind of teacher and mentor who took him in after his exile. Uh, his name is Flynn. Uh, he doesn't actually have a merry man correspondent, but I named him after Errol Flynn, who was known to play Robin Hood. Oh, that's interesting. I like that. Was one of like, I think probably one of the most successful Robin Hood movies. Don't quote me on that. You know I'm all about theme naming, so yeah. So his his name is purposely based off that. And then there is Lucian, who is a one armed ex soldier. He kind of has taken over the Little John role in the story, though he's not as friendly. I want to say as Little John probably is. There is. Then his kind of partner, Camilla, who's the Friar Tuck kind of equivalent and kind of acts as like mostly like she takes care of their injuries. She doesn't really get involved in their craziness. And they have a daughter named Aileen, who originally she started out as um, kind of the correspondent to Alan Adele, who is the minstrel of the group in a lot of tellings. But uh, she's kind of morphed into being mute. So I have to plan if, I, if she still would be Alan Adele. And if so, what musical talent she exactly would have. And then, <laughs> then there's Dylan. <laughs> Dylan, I would say, if I had to pick, he probably is the Will Scarlet equivalent. He's, uh, he's Jake's best friend, really. Um, and he's Will Scarlet's equivalent because I know Will Scarlet fights with knives and stuff in some stories. And... That's Dylan's kind of go-to. And then there are the triplets who go by Ichi Nisan. Uh, it's not their actual names, but they don't really share their names with people. And I am afraid I'm going to butcher them because I'm so used to just writing their real names down that I don't say them out loud that often. And that's his merry band of thieves. And is there a Maid Marian? Yes. Uh, his Maid Marian, her name is Irene Fairbanks. 
Um, she's actually Flynn's younger sister. Gotcha. Okay. What about the sheriff? I don't exactly have kind of a sheriff equivalent. The kind of villain of the story or the antagonist, his name is Lord Joshua. So we've kind of taken over the role of the sheriff in Nottingham and King John kind of, because he's kind of the one that's in charge of the um, city of Elkshire and like all the outlying lands. I know these characters. I'm pretty sure... I actually don't know. Um, are these characters human? Yes, they are all human. Okay, because the versions of these characters that <laughs> yeah, I'm no. familiar with are all like these fantastical different kinds of creatures. Camilla the mermaid. Yeah, it's good. Um, but at the same time, because they're all Robin Hood characters and we're talking about, you know, different equivalents, my brain is just like immediately imagining them as animals. It's okay because for a while there, I was like, should I should I start referencing Disney Robin Hood? Because we both probably have watched that. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You know that's uh, Disney's Robin Hood is the the Robin Hood canon canon adaptation that I'm most familiar with. And even then, I don't think I've seen the whole thing. I've seen oh. uh, like a dance scene. Like there's, oh, so there's a dance scene that I want to see say is like reused animation yes. from something else. Yeah, the Disney Robin Hood reuses a lot of animation, yeah. but um, I watched it a lot. Uh, that was definitely like a thing during that time period yeah. due to like budgetary uh, different things. Um, But that's also just a thing that is pretty common in the Disney animated canon. I'm more of a parks person, but. Mm-hmm. I just know I, I, I watched the Disney Robin Hood movie so many times because they would play it at the doctor's office. And when I was a kid, I had to go to the doctor's a lot because I would, and they always played it. So that and Men in Tights is the Robin Hoods that I'm most familiar with. I've never seen Men in Tights either. <sighs> You're hurting me. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. You know, I've never seen a movie in my life. I know. We'll fix this. <laughs> Robin Hood Men in Tights is really fun. Yeah, it's supposed to be very good. I'm um, yeah. interested to see it. Uh, so what would you say about the Robin Hood mythos is what draws you to it? I don't know exactly. I, it's oh, something, a mythos that I've always loved. And I think it might just be because of the Disney Robin Hood movie. Mm-hmm. But I think there's something about this hero that robs from the rich and gives to the poor and lives out in the woods with his um, band of misfits and they're they're fighting for justice and freedom and he's an archer and he can do really cool stuff and there is there's there's a romance and all these fun characters that just drew me in growing up and i didn't even read the proper like robin hood myths until probably i was in high school or college i just would watch the movie adaptations and stuff but i loved it yeah absolutely i think and those are like really kind of like ideals that a lot of people believe in yeah. So I, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but as far as Pandora campaign goes, the D&D campaign that we are both in together, we recently met a lot of these characters. Yes. Our party was sent to the Feywild to rescue kind of a mentor figure for our party, especially my character. And so we met, we met Jake and his crew. And tell me a little bit about them there. And I guess if you can, if you can, without spoiling anything for me, I guess just kind of like, why did you choose to adopt them there instead of somewhere else? It just felt right. <laughs> um, it just felt right to have, because I mean, not all of them, because Lucian, I, Aileen and Camilla are in the material plane. So that you guys have met them because they're part of like the council, your group. 
deals with. Mm -hmm. But for the rest of them, it just felt right to put them in the Feywild as this group of thieves that is like fighting for for justice still. And I can't I can't go into too much details because outside of the fact that yeah, you're going back to the Feywild. <laughs> I can't wait. Personally, on a personal note, I cannot wait to go back to the Feywild. My favorite plane. But there, it just felt like the right setting and the right kind of time, if that makes sense, for them to be involved, introduced, and to play this role in the story. And I thought out of everyone, all my characters, Jake would be the really the best character to help you guys rescue Afonso, the mentor. Because even though he had reason to hate Afonso, at his heart, Jake's always going to do what's the right thing. And he knew, for context, it was revealed when they were in the Feywild uh, that Afonso killed Jake's dad. <laughs> but Jake kind of came to realize through you guys talking to him that Afonso had changed and knew, saw how important it was that you guys rescue him. Right. Because we were, um, Afonso was in jail because he'd been exiled from the Feywild for killing King Oberon. Hey, that's a whole nother story we can talk about. <laughs> we still don't know. But no, you my don't. point is, I feel like on the right track to fighting. Yeah, but um, not to get too sidetracked anymore yeah. from that. But it just, it felt like that was the right place. It felt like that was the right setting. The Feywild worked really well for them. I got to make a fun title. I got to call them the Season Thieves and make my lisp hate me. And I got to have a really fun dynamic building their base and how all of them would interact with you guys. Yeah, and there were a lot of characters that we met that I didn't even know existed. I didn't know that Jake had a sister. <laughs> yeah. And some of the some of the, them in the Feywild were from other other OCs that not aren't part of his band. Like Abigail you met, she's not part of. Right, she's from your steampunk story. Yeah. But um, a lot of, most of them, and if I hadn't had Camilla, Lucian, and Aileen be part of the other part of the story, they would have been involved in there too. I would have just thrown all of them in. Yeah, it, no, it was really, it was really cool because these are, this is like the story that I've interacted with the least, I want to say. So like, it was, it was really exciting. Unfortunately, I don't talk about it that much, even though it's a story that I really love. It just kind of gets outshadowed by my other two. I guess the meat of the question I want to ask you, and, and the meat of, why I wanted to do this show to begin with is because I mean you know me and I'm I'm not going to spend too much time talking about him because I feel like I could do an entire episode by myself on but for a long time it was really hard for me to come up with original characters or like original content at all it, it was really tough for me um a lot of like the work I would do would be like supporting other people doing their work and Dungeons and Dragons was really like the place where I could kind of I needed to make a character to play through story and I made Quinn and he is super super dear to me in ways that I will not get into right now <laughs> but I think a big reason why I wanted to make this show was to find out why other people make character and what it does for them what's your mo behind all this it's just something i've been doing since i was a kid i would like you know when you're a kid and you you like the show and you play like i'm gonna play pokemon but i'm gonna be ash and you're gonna be misty and you're gonna be pikachu yeah i play power rangers all the time yeah you would play like games and you would your friends would like okay we're gonna be this character and i would do it but i'm like but what if i want to just be like my own character what if I want to have like someone named Ashley and she's going out being an Eevee trainer and getting the badges and having her own adventure. Or I would do it with like 
a lot of things that I loved, like Harry Potter, I did it with, and I always loved telling stories. So then it became really easy to just be like, Hey, I can create these characters and I can create these worlds that they can live in. And I can tell a story about their lives. And sometimes like the characters just pop up in my head and they're like, Hey, we exist now. Sometimes I like, I have the story idea. I need characters and they slowly develop. It's just, it's a part of me making characters. And I've always had like zero shame in like having OCs, even though I know like some people are like, Oh, why would you have like a OC in this fanfic or something? I'd be like, I give no shits. I would toss my OCs anywhere I wanted them. And that's kind of like, so Kat and I used to do a lot of role playing on Dreamland. And that was something that I always like admired about you is that like, I would always like try to emulate characters from like, fiction that I really liked but you always had so many different characters that you created Uh, that's because I couldn't I got so anxious anytime I was trying to play a character that wasn't mine I would get just so anxious so like the second I discovered I could just play my OCs I was like yeah I'm gonna do that yeah and it was it was really like inspiring to me and be like wow I wish I could do that because like every single person was different had different wants needs dreams and that sort of thing was really kind of like inspiring to see mm-hmm. and now I get it like I totally yeah understand the uh the Pringles once you pop you just can't stop can't just you can't stop mentality because like for you know almost for the first six months of his life Quinn like was my only OC and then I made a sibling and then, you know, I... All downhill from there. Yeah, exactly. And now I have, I want to say, five original yeah. characters. Five? I want to say five. Quinn, Taro, Oral, Fermata, and Pio. Yeah. Yeah, that's five. But I don't want to count how many I have. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I, I want to know why other people do it. And I want to know how other people do it. Because the only thing we can do as people is learn from each other. Exactly. And I think it makes us grow. And it makes us get better as writers, as creators, as people. So that's important to me. So is there anything you want to ask me? Uh, I mean, I could ask you about Quinn, but that could be, we'll, get we'll get there. I mean, I'm just going to, I remember you would tell me that you'd be like, oh, I can't make an OC. I don't know how to make an OC. And I'd always be like, oh no, Scout can do it. Scout can do it. I know you can do it. So I'm happy that you've discovered the Pringle love. And I just really like, because all my OCs are always in my head. So I know all their inner workings and all the ins and outs. So sometimes I sit there going, oh, crap this character is exactly like this character oh so the fact that you say that you can see that they have like different wants or different voices or everything like means the world to me because it means I'm doing something right it's very therapeutic for me to I mean like we talk about this a lot but it's like um you know I I hang out with Quinn and with my friends three four times a week and problem solve together I guess what I'm trying to say, I do worry that Quinn is too similar to myself, but at the same time, when I see him grow, I'm reminded that I can also grow. Exactly. You know, because we we share a lot of the same like anxieties and we share a lot a lot of the same uh, worries, but there are definite differences between the both of us. 
But at the same time, when he triumphs over something, I also triumph over him. Exactly. And that's that's how it is with a lot of OCs. I mean, I won't, like, since we're, we're talking about Jake, like, I don't know if he has any similarities to me, but I know some of my older ones like Naomi and Ty are very similar to me in certain ways. But seeing characters grow and knowing that you kind of played a hand in shaping them, it's like a nice little reminder that like, yeah, I can achieve this too. That's good. That was really good. Thank you. No problem. Is there anywhere we can find you on the internet? Uh, my Instagram? I don't know. Yeah. I really have to like get a site and post writing snippets up, but I'm so lazy about finishing anything. That's how it be sometimes. What's your Instagram? My Instagram's digital hopper and that's it. That's <laughs> like the only place. Yeah, I tag Kat all the time on Twitter because I don't really use Instagram. <laughs> oh yeah. I have Twitter. It's a writing cat. I like like critical role and like wrestling stuff on it. It's there. And stuff that you tag me in. <laughs> it sure is there. My Twitter sure is there. One day I'll learn how to use properly i like twitter that's where i've met a lot of my friends so you can find me on twitter at at alderani um i also do a podcast that i'm currently in the final stages of with me and cat's friend amanda called unlimited blade jerks unlimited blade jerks is a fate rewatch podcast uh the fate series by type moon um and we're starting with fate zero and yeah So thanks for telling me about your OC. No problem. I don't have a cool sign off (laughs) yet. So bye. This has been a Mesa Verde Media Production. Production.